You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Looking forward to that SAB conversation. But before we get to that, uh, as always, we start off with a sense of how the markets have been moving throughout the day. And I'm joined on the line by Chantal Marks, who is a head of research at FNB Wealth and Investments, to take a look at some of the movements throughout the day. Good evening, Chantal. Thanks for the time, as always. Uh, good day for some of the uh, markets, for the local equities as well. Resources having a rather strong day. Not such a good day for the RAND. We're still teetering above that 18 Rand 75 level towards 19 Rand. Obviously, uh, grave concern there, um, but it looks as though the markets are moving quite steadily. Yes, I must say the last few days have, have felt a little steadier, uh, particularly on the JSE. And even for the RAND, we're still within the, the trading range that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. And if you look at South Africa, the South African RAND's performance relative to the other major currencies, it's kind of middle of the road today. So um, stronger than, for example, the Australian dollar, the Russian ruble, the Chilean peso, um, and then slightly weaker against the Malaysian, Indonesian and, and Colombian currency. So, so kind of middle in the road, and it seems to be driven by dollar strength more than anything else. Chantal, with regards to the RAND, do we expect that the RAND will make any significant movements uh, between now and, say, uh, the elections? Are we expecting this range-bound trading to sort of persist and continue uh, as markets try to map out what's happening? I mean, we've got a couple of other data points coming out this week from the U.S., which will uh, probably fuel some dollar strength or dollar weakness. But from the RAND's perspective, um, are there significant uh, expectations around movements uh, from our side? So the RAND does tend to react quite violently to any sort of um, piece of information. And um, elections are are no different. The RAND does tend to be a little bit more volatile leading up to elections, and then it goes one way or the other um, quite sharply post-elections. But I think that this year, the, the trajectory of the RAND really is going to be determined by the trajectory of the US dollar still. Um, I think that once you do start seeing those interest rate cuts coming through and the market getting a little bit more clarity in terms of how many interest rate cuts, when they're going to happen in the U.S., um, you could see some strength uh, in the RAND, particularly if we are behind the curve in terms of interest rate cuts, just because our cash rates will look better relative to the U.S. or even more better relative to the U.S., well, we'll keep an eye on that and see how that works out. Uh, Chantal, let's look at some of the market movements throughout the day. Uh, equities did have quite a good day with uh, the likes of Purple Group up about 4%, Rabex up about 5%, uh, but resources seemingly leading the charge uh, in that respect uh, in terms of all the uh, sectors uh, and sector performances. Are we thinking that at this stage there might be something in the market that's pointing to resources moving a little bit more than what we've seen in the past. We've seen in the past they have been uh, rather weak uh, in certain respects as a result of softer commodities pricing, Um, but are we seeing that with a stabilization perhaps of these commodities prices that resource counters might be doing a little better? Yes, I would expect that. I think that um, if we look at what the IMF said today around global growth, they now expect global growth to be slightly better um, than what they did previously. And that's in part driven by a stronger than expected US economy, but they also specifically mentioned Chinese stimulus and the impact that that's going to have on China's growth trajectory. Our resources are used heavily uh, in China and commodity prices generally follow commodity demand 
out of China. We also don't have a lot of new supply coming online. So those demand supply dynamics, I think, are in the process of shifting. And I think it's going to become more severe in the event of a Chinese economic recovery. So I would be I wouldn't be too negative on the resources sector. And I think the market agreed with me today. Chantal, let's stick with one of the resource counters in particular. Uh, it's been quite the talk of late, and that's OsloMittal. They put out a trading statement yesterday, and prior to yesterday's trading statement, there was obviously a lot of concern uh, that they flagged, and industry, uh, the steel industry also flagged around their long uh, steel business and the risk that that would pose to uh, the jobs that it uh, facilitates or the jobs that it allows for within uh, the economy. Um, and yesterday's trading update said that that we're expecting them to decline from a profit uh, per share or yeah, profit per share rather to uh, a headline loss per share. And that spooked the market and the, the share price still today hasn't really recovered down about 8% today as well. Do you think there's still value in that stock? So the moves in ArcelorMittal were quite interesting because we knew that they were going to post a very severe loss. They they kind of cautioned the market to that prior to this trading update um, being published. I think it was towards the end of last year. So we knew it was going to be a pretty terrible result. Um, we also knew that they were thinking about closing the long steel business. So we, we would have expected that big impairment charge to come through anyway. I think what the surprised the market was that they're still thinking about keeping it open. This is a long, this is a loss-making business. It's a, it's a drag on cash flow. And they're still in consultation with government who really don't want them to close that, um, to close up shop, particularly in, in Newcastle, where thousands of jobs are going to be lost. But from an equity market perspective, you're thinking, well, what impact is that going to have on company profitability going forward, particularly if current conditions persist? Now, there are two reasons why this, the steelmakers aren't profitable in South Africa. Firstly, there is very poor domestic demand for big infrastructure projects. All these promised infrastructure projects over, that were meant to come through over the last three years have barely materialized. Um, and for that reason, that, that, that the domestic demand just hasn't come through. And then the second reason is because you are seeing a slump in the property market in China, they are actually exporting their long steel products at a loss and at much lower prices than what ArcelorMittal can produce it for. So effectively, you have a situation where the Chinese are dumping long steel products in South Africa and flooding the market with even more steel that we don't actually uh, use. So it, it's a precarious position that they're in. They're asking for protection from government and they're asking for a commitment to, to really push up that infrastructure drive. Um, and I think probably if they are able to, to get some of that across, perhaps they, they will have a future. But I still think it's super speculative. I don't know if they're competitive in the international context. So I won't be putting my money behind ArcelorMittal. Would you put your money behind Tungela? It's at 121 rand a share at the moment. It's down about a third of a percent for the day. But obviously, again, the commodities space is a tricky one with the likes of, oh, well, with commodities pricing being uh, such a heavy factor there. Do you think there's enough in the coal price or in the coal market to put uh, money on Tungela for the year? You know, it's it's such a it's such a difficult one because you really need coal prices to to pick up now. I think that there is scope for coal prices to pick up because you do have a, a massive electrification of the entire world in an effort to go green, but you haven't had the renewables capacity to really keep up with that electricity demand. We've seen over the last year 
um, for example, uh, Germany shutting down their nuclear plants because it's dangerous and starting to burn coal again. So I think it's going to be a while before you see coal demand taper off completely because of this electrification drive. And then on the flip side, you don't have you don't have um, banks and financiers willing to 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 finance new supply. So it's going to be slow going on the supply front. And again, it's that demand and supply dynamic coming into play. So I think pricing could be supported. Limitations for Tangela, the fact that it's coal and eventually coal will the end of coal will, will come. I'm just not <laughs> sure exactly when. And in the near term, it's Transnet. If they can't get coal to port because they're a big exporter and that's kind of the investment case for them, uh, it's it's difficult to, to actually write those sales and to increase those sales. Mm-hmm. Chantal, one winner. Give me one winner for the year. One winner for the year. One winner. Sure, Jimmy, you are putting me on. The, you are putting me on the spot. So, so I have a I have a few winners um, that I that I like. But my my biggest winner in the South African space or the South African listed space would be Richmond. Um, I still think the company is is very undervalued after the sell off that we saw late last year. Despite a pop in the in the share price after a really strong trading update at the start of the year. This company will be a beneficiary of an improvement in the China consumer. Um, and I think longer term, it has it has loads of legs and so much cash. So, so much cash. That's interesting because I had a look at the LVMH results as well. And they suggest that the luxury space is still quite a strong space. And I know that uh, the likes of Richmond are going to be such a big competitor in that luxury uh, market going forward. But we'll leave it at that, Chantal. Thanks as always uh, for your time and your insights. That's Chantal Marks, who's the head of research at F&B Wealth and Investments, always letting me put her on the spot and sharing her insights on some of the market movements throughout the day and what she thinks of some of our local stocks. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.